Hello and welcome back to Suddenly Sane. So today I'm going to be doing something different. As discussed on social media, I ran a poll to see if you guys were interested in hearing some of the conversations that me and my dad have. So um, as requested, today we'll be having a special guest. And um, yeah, so let's get into it. Dad, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, Shiji. I'm your dad. I'm very proud to be your father. And um, I think, uh, apart from the physical not looking like me, maybe we share some attributes, but I don't know which attributes we share. You always say that I share love more with mommy. I don't agree, but. Yeah, true. I think your disposition, uh, you know, is much more like hers. Mm. Uh, I wish you were a lot more like me um, in certain aspects, in attitude to life, in your perspectives. I think my perspectives are quite <laughs> rounded. I think. I just think maybe how I um, communicate it might just be different. And that might also just be a male and female thing. Well, maybe. I wouldn't know because I'm not a female, so it's Fair. difficult to... Fair enough. So, are you going to tell us what you decided to pick? Because I had pulled a few... People had given suggestions and I let you pick the topic. Mm. So, do you want to introduce it? Yeah, I think the topic we're trying to deal with is about parents daughter or father daughter um father daughter what i think the evolution of father daughter daughter. daughter. so from childhood to adulthood Mm. um we're going to be talking about like um yeah we're going to be talking about how it is having kids you know raising them from like being young to being an adult and just we're going to uncover this for those who don't know my dad he is um, also, or used to be, the head of um, our Sunday school. I think you're retiring, aren't you, Dad? Yes, retiring is the word, yeah. Yeah, so... I've um, time to retire for the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, he hasn't been successful. Okay, so you probably have quite a good handle on um, children, like dealing with kids. I guess guess that's giving you some sort of advantage, but so let's go right into it. All right. So you have a child. What's that like? Like having you, you, we, you've had four kids, right? So Mm -hmm. two, or I have two older (coughs) sisters and a little brother. Um, and you're always saying how like everybody, every child is different, but like how, how does that, how, how do you notice the differences? Like, what is it like? Well, I think, you know, the very first time you have an offspring, you you are filled with excitement. You've never been down that road before. Uh, you know, you wonder, there are lots of questions. How are you going to bring up this human being? Um, there is really no training per se, you know, for how you can relate to this child. So suddenly you see this tiny creature and then 
Um, it's now getting to feed them, clothe them, meet their needs. And then you keep asking yourself, second guessing yourself really as to whether you have met their need, whether you've overdone it and stuff. You're overcompensating for your lack of knowledge in the different things that you do and carry out. So uh, over time, you 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 blend. You ask other parents, and um, and then you compare notes. Um, but I think that in the first uh, experience, you definitely do do some things wrong. Um, I've heard of parents who never introduce their kids to sweet things, you know, for example. And that's one of the immediate things that you do, you know, you, you offer sweets and it's almost like sweets and ice cream and all that goes along with being a child. So you do that as a parent. Um, so there is a propensity there to assist your child to develop a sweet tooth. Um, other things that you know one does in the early stages is um, how to keep the child occupied. So you might again run that risk of putting that child in front of the TV screen, you know, for too many hours, and it's really good for for that child. So I think as parents, you end up doing a lot of the things that have negative impact over time mm. on your on your on your child um but that would be different depending on the child because by the time you had um the first right you wouldn't have done the same things like tv wasn't that big of i don't think tv was that big a thing versus like the last child where you're now in like internet era like smart tvs and everything so it's a different strategy depending on um generation yeah, um, I don't think you necessarily find yourself in parenthood with a real good strategy, you know, like a business plan of sorts, you know, hey, when the child is uh, so and so, X number of feet tall, you know, you're going to do this and uh, do that. So you just kind of flow into it and then the child ends up maybe being a nuisance at times. Have you heard of the terrible twos? Yeah. Uh, so when the child gets to that age, you really, really, and in your case in particular, I mean, by the time we were now going to the third child. Did I have the terrible one, twos? One had learned some things. Um, every child essentially goes to it. For some, it's it's far shorter and others are just kind of lost. Maybe some even get all the way to age five. Really? Some some kids are still going through that at age 30. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but... In your case, uh, one had kind of learnt a bit more, and so one was able to adjust. Uh, but you know, you liked to, if we wanted to, you wanted to go out with us. And yeah. Most, most children want to do that. So, but we found you had a favorite TV show, Annie. Show. Yeah, it was a film, actually. Yeah, it was a movie. Yeah, they would Annie. put it on and then they'll sneak out mm, before I could realize that, and it, that was it was there. You know, once you were watching Annie that the whole world could do whatever it liked you know? that, but that was that only point. if you could get me to sit down if not I heard yeah. I used to throw tantrums <clears throat> and I didn't like people pushing my push chair if it wasn't mommy or mm, you okay so I don't remember all that but your mom would yeah and the back because they remind me quite frequently 
Mm. That I wasn't the nicest child, okay. friendliest apparently. Yeah. Um, but okay, so let's talk about teenage years. That's where all, most of the angst happens. How do you do deal with that? Like now you've gone from um, a child wanting to like always be with you to a child never wanting to be with you. Mm. How does that feel? Those emotions must be weird to like deal with. Yeah, maybe by then too, you don't want to be around the child. <laughs> <laughs> so it probably tends to be mutual. Like, oh, thank goodness, you know this this child that was so dependent on on me has now grown wings, and uh, so that's not such a bad thing. But isn't that this, um, there's a feeling of loss? <clears throat> like somebody's not coming to look for you anymore. Yeah, maybe a feeling of rejection. Um, but I think that again depends on the relationship uh, between the parties. Mm. Um, I've tended to um, have the kind of relationship where I, all of you, I, I relate, related, relate mm. still with all of you as it gets to a point where for me, it's no longer just a, a father-child relationship. It's more about, let's have a conversation, you know, let's, let's discuss things and it's less about you must do this, these and those and, and all the commandments, but it's it's a lot more at by the time you get into t- my 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 approach to teenage years is now it's a consultative conversation where if you're doing something, you know, wrong or whatever, it's kind of like let's discuss it and tell me why you think uh, it's right for you to do what is wrong, uh, what, particularly if it's clearly manifestly wrong. And again, depends on the value systems because right from childhood, we did inculcate in you kids certain value systems. You know, a lot of it founded on the Christian ethics, and then moving from there to uh, societal values um, and in such a way that I think that uh, it was quite okay for you to accept and roll with. And uh, one also encouraged and encourages uh, you in your teen years to express yourself. Mm. But like like I said, at what age do you actually get to see <coughs> people's personalities form? Because you're always talking about how you relate to us in different ways and how whenever we're ranting that you don't treat all of us in the same way you always say oh you know it's because you're all different people so at what age do you i see that okay this child maybe needs this this child doesn't need this and so on and so forth okay well they do say that from the age five um children really demonstrate the essential characteristics and at that age the child has about 90%, developed 90% of the of the adult kind of brain cells. So you know that this person, so in your case, for example, we'd call you the, the diva, you know, and uh, you had your drama queen moments and, and stuff right from that younger type of age. So um, how one handled you certainly was different. Uh, I don't think I'm as dramatic. Well, you are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
think I, I don't think if for for listeners, I actually don't think I'm that dramatic. I just think maybe I'm more dramatic than maybe my siblings. I don't yeah. think in the general population I'd be a dramatic human being. Okay, if you say so. I, I do. I so insist. um, so it's I think it's fairly natural. I mean, taking it from my own point of view, mm. to relate to people differently. Uh, I don't expect the same things. I don't expect the same attention. Uh, each of you provides attention differently. Um, so, you know, one of you is more outspoken. Another one is more pensive, um, more introverted. So it just comes with, I will adapt any which way. And I think, again, that should come natural as a parent anyway, because you have different human beings that you're interacting with <clears throat> but okay so then i think these are the, the I, what's the hard well actually i have three things hmm. what's the f- most fun or best part of being a parent what's the worst part about being a parent and then what do you think what do you think if you could do anything differently is there anything you would have done differently yes well, I think fun parts generally tend to be when you're all laughing together and you're uh, playing games, doing the things that aren't your everyday stuff. Those are really fun. Maybe you travel together, uh, holidaying together. Those are fun. Um, and then in the but it shouldn't just be left to holiday uh, mm-hmm. moments. So other fun uh, thing, you're playing chess together, playing Scrabble, that I enjoy. <clears throat> um, the worst bits is where the uh, where any of you is going into sort of a shell, um, which is not normal in terms of our own family environment. That is a harrowing thing when suddenly you have. Um, uh, there was a time when you know one of your sisters was going through that moment where she really didn't want to communicate you know, with anyone, and you know even when you asked, it was still you know, you were faced with a very steely response, and that can be harrowing and I'm glad that those are like few and far between for one to even remember hmm okay so what was my last question I um, can't remember I can't remember either <laughs> okay wait but okay so what about <coughs> you know from teenage to being an adult because again I, you're relating a different you're having to constantly adjust Right, because at every stage needs um, different needs. Yeah, every stage needs different needs, basically. So at when you're dealing with adults, like let's say maybe decisions, they're making decisions that you don't agree with. How do you deal with that? Oh, um, that's difficult to address. Um, one because at various stages, like you said the teenager is just getting to know themselves. And 
also figuring things out. And everybody's entitled to change their opinions. As you see things in a particular way at a particular age, you and your friends and your posse. Then suddenly, you know, two, three years later, you now realize, oh, you know, I must have been, what was I thinking when I was looking at life like that? Um, and then teenagers also like to say no to everything initially um, because it's kind of like I can figure it out myself. Um, and then when they're talking amongst themselves, too, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, they'll say, ah, did you see what my dad said the other day? You know, ha, 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 and then have a big laugh. But I think as time wears on, um, there is a, everything comes towards the center and the, the, the parties begin to see life uh, in a more harmonious way. Um, but there still needs to be that recognition that a teenager has a teenager's perspective and should be allowed to have that perspective but be given the overall context. Um, and I think if it's if the teenager is nurtured in a caring home and a caring environment, that teenager will sort of be cautious as they want to go off on a tangent. They won't entirely go off on a tangent because, again, you've been building, bringing that person up in a certain home and environment which has been loving caring and allow the person to ask their questions. Uh, teenagers must be allowed to ask questions. Uh, they must be allowed to probe. And once you try as much as possible, give honest answers and responses. I think if there's honesty coming from the parent to the teenager, um, there's less of a propensity for things to go awry. Um, <clears throat> and as long as the communication channel Mm -hmm. is open then there's a good chance that the individual will come back ask the question go again test it you know come back again and all of that i think it's also vital that the parent in that relationship is not judgmental mm. you know overly judgmental so yeah you know we've given you the the basic idea of rights and wrongs um, and allow you yeah, to make some mistakes. Um, but also one has to help guide you so that you don't make real terrible, dangerous, life impacting uh, errors that are very difficult to, to um, recover from. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know you have to go. So maybe we'll have to have a part two yes, because sure, there's a lot definitely. more. And I think I'm going to do with mom with mom yeah. because your perspectives are 100% different. So it'll be very yeah. interesting to hear what she says. But thank you for your time. Um, like I said, there has to be a part two because I don't think we went into detail and I'm pretty sure my listeners are going to have questions. Definitely. So, so catch you on the other side. Yeah. So guys, thanks for listening. I, I will be back. <laughs>